0: The Lord be with you and with your spirit. a reading from the holy gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, o Lord. Then they came to Capernaum, and on the Sabbath Jesus entered the synagogue and taught. The people were astonished at his teaching. For he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. In their synagogue was a man with an unclean spirit. He cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Jesus rebuked him and said, Quiet, come out of him. The unclean spirit convulsed him and with a loud cry came out of him. All were amazed and asked one another, What is this? A new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. His fame spread everywhere throughout the whole region of Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord. authority and power are quite attractive things but also quite frightening. We especially today are even more and more aware of the negative effects oftentimes that power and authority has in relationships, in cultures, in society, in politics. One need only to look at the list of Terrible atrocities in the 20th century that were the result of unchecked authority or power. Power that went too far in trying to attain some sort of ideological end to the detriment of millions. And yet authority is also attractive. We know this from our own experience because we know that when we have authority or power in some way, it makes our life a little bit better. When we're the captain of the team, or the lead in the player, whatever way in which we can get some sort of authority and power, we know that it helps us achieve our ends a little bit better. But we also know the problem and the challenge of not having authority and power. And some have experienced the real oppression that comes from being powerless. But I'd also add to this that we know the challenge of authority, and we don't like authority when we have done something wrong. Think of it, when we were kids and we did something wrong, and our mother or father or the teacher came into the area, we were afraid. Why? Because we had done something wrong, and the authority figure could rightly and justly hold us accountable or punish us. And so authority has this interesting dynamic in play in our life. And so it's not surprising then that when Jesus goes into the synagogue and starts teaching with authority that the people are a bit taken aback. They're a bit surprised by this. And why is it? Well, Mark tells us because he's not teaching as the scribes. In other words, he doesn't have a PhD. He doesn't come from the best school. He's an unknown, but yet he has authority. Imagine someone walking into your biology classroom without a high school degree and teaching the class with more insight and clarity than your renowned professor. You would also be amazed. But the Jews really shouldn't necessarily have been amazed. Because Moses, the great lawgiver, the most important figure in the Old Testament in terms of the establishment of the practice of the Jewish religion and faith, promised them that someone would come after me and that God would put his words into his mouth. So, why then are they amazed and astonished? Well, if we go to the Greek, and we always should, if you don't know Greek, It's okay. You'll get there someday. But if we go to the Greek, what is the word that Mark uses here for authority? It's exousia. Literally, it means to come out of the substance of the thing. So we have authority insofar as it comes from what the most defining characteristic of that thing is, that we have access to that, that we know that in some way. And so when Jesus teaches with exousia, It goes even further because in the early church, as the church fathers wrestled with who is Jesus, and specifically who is he in relationship to the Father, they settled upon at the first council of Nicaea, the first ecumenical council, the word homoousios. That God and Jesus are of one substance and their most essential thing in their most essential whatever it is that makes them God, they are united. We say this every Sunday in the Creed when we say consubstantial. So Jesus is not just teaching because he has knowledge of the substance. He's teaching because he is the law. He is the incarnate word. And this should astonish and amaze. Because he is not teaching from some sort of experiential knowledge, but because this is who he is and what he offers. But Jesus is not content simply just to teach, simply just to show us in an intellectual way that he is the incarnate word. He also acts. And he shows us he has authority not only to teach because of who he is, but authority over evil. And isn't it curious that in the Gospel of Mark here, in the very first chapter of the Gospel of Mark, who is the first one to recognize who Jesus is? A demon. A demon. The evil, the fallen angel is the first one, and the one with the keenest insight into who God is, into who Jesus is, into his relationship with the Father. And this is important because, this is a brief aside, St. Thomas Aquinas, whose feast day is today, January 28th, he talks a lot. He's actually known as the angelic doctor because of his teachings on angels and demons. And he says that angels and demons, because remember demons are simply fallen angels, that they are able to understand something that the moment they're exposed to something, they understand it. They're an intellectual being. They don't have our bodies, and so they're able to understand things in ways that we're not, because we have to learn through sense knowledge. And so Thomas Aquinas would tell us that when a demon sees Jesus, he sees exactly who he is, and he is frightened. And this should show us also that when God comes into our lives and into our world, That he wants to cast aside evil. He wants to teach with authority, but also drive evil out of our lives. And this is where St. Paul's second reading comes in here. That we should be free from fear and anxiety. And how do we achieve that? When we listen to the authority with which Christ teaches us through his word and in his church. And when we let him into our lives and we invite him in to drive out the evil. And he desires to do this, not just for that man in the temple, or in the synagogue, excuse me, but for each and every one of us. To teach us to let his word resonate in our hearts, but then to push out those evil things so that we might be not a slave, not burdened, but free and anxiety free. This is what the Lord asks of us. But he also puts us in our place and in our time. And so we are challenged today to look into our own hearts and into our own lives and to ask ourselves, how do I use authority and power? If you are saddened or if you're upset by how politicians use authority and power, by how governments use authority and power, you need to also look into your own life, into your own heart. Because any injustice, whatever small it is, any abuse of power over another person will always lead to greater abuses down the road. Maybe not in my life, but certainly in our culture and in society. But here's the other beautiful thing, is that if Christ comes into my life, if I welcome him into my life and I invite his authority into my life, he helps to drive away the evil. The Lord desires to free us. The Lord desires to show us the way. So we listen to His Word. We pray with Scripture. We meditate upon Him. And we recognize that He comes with power and authority and turns bread and wine into His body and blood. He comes with power and authority and through the words of absolution drives out sin from our soul. He comes in power and authority and dwells in our very soul through his Holy Spirit in baptism and confirmation. May God be not just this beautiful, wonderful prophet who preaches good things, but may he be Lord and Savior so that he can drive out all that is holding me back, all that is holding you back, so that you might be like St. Paul, filled with his Holy Spirit, free from anxiety, and free to serve our loving and all-powerful God.